Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. We're glad that you're taking some time to be with us. And today is the last episode with Brother Robert Jeffries. And we're glad that he's been on these last couple of weeks talking about the participants of the home. As for the remainder of our season, we've been taking a vacation, basically. Uh, This season is scheduled to end on May 25th of this year. And so we want to uh, kind of prepare everybody for the family vacations and trips that they're probably going to be taking in the summer by focusing on the home these last eight weeks. And we've had a great start with our 13th and 14th episode. And uh, we mentioned last week something about Robert that we were going to reveal today if you did not know about him. And I don't want to hear any teasing. I don't want to see any emails sent to the network about this because I'm going to tell on myself after I tell on him. But uh, Robert, why don't you tell everyone who you root for in college? Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I am not a University of Memphis fan. Uh, I am definitely, and, and I apologize to our listeners out there that may be fans of this school, but I am anti-Tennessee. Uh, I do love Peyton Manning, didn't like him when he played for uh, Tennessee, but uh, man, that guy has an incredible work ethic and loved uh, watching him play for Indianapolis and yeah. also for Denver. Uh, I am a huge Arkansas Razorbacks fan. Yeah. And, uh, Michael, you mentioned in the last episode that uh, your team isn't much better. Currently, right now, right. at the time of this recording, Arkansas is better than Nebraska. That is 100% and, true. Uh, and so uh, – <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, right, right now we've kind of just wallowed in our misery over the last couple of yeah. years. But uh, uh, we always keep thinking maybe this is the year that That's we right. can finally turn things around and, and improve and, and things along that line. But I, I am diehard. It doesn't matter if they go zero and ten or if they go, you know, twelve and zero. Uh, I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna follow. Them, so. Well, and I, I said off off of the program before we hit record. I said, you know, the sad thing is. Arkansas has got a better chance to reach a national championship before Nebraska because they're in the SEC. SEC. And so if they can get their program turned around, they're on the fast track, you know, if you really think about it. Whereas Nebraska, it's going to take a lot, you know, to figure out. So at at Arkansas, we always say there's always basketball and there's always baseball. That's right. And And you you also have had in the last couple of years, your school, a movie, you know, the movie Greater. Mm -hmm. And I remember texting you and that movie came out and said, did you like it? And you said you bawled like a baby. And I did, too. I mean, it was that was one of the most uh, emotional stories to to look at that that life of the young man. What was his name again? Remind Uh, me. uh, Brandon Burles. That's right. And uh, my son, that's that's his favorite movie. Yeah. And uh, my oldest one. And and he. He loves it, and that's his favorite player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's never seen his favorite yeah. player take a down because he passed yeah. uh, in, in 98 mm-hmm. and uh, and things. But uh, that, that movie has inspired him and, and his love for Arkansas and, and his love for uh, for that young man. And kind of tying it in together, Brandon was drafted to block for Peyton Manning. Yeah, he sure was. And until his life was tragically cut mm-hmm. short in an automobile accident. And so uh, yeah. what, a, what a wonderful blessing it is to be able to root for a team to, no matter what the season is, you know, as as a Steelers fan in the NFL, it's a little bit better, you know, right, not right. much, but it's a little bit better. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the beautiful thing about sports is it's always our year. The moment <laughs> the season's over, yep, yep. you know, at, uh-huh. at the time we're recording this NFL just kicked off last night and uh, the Steelers were embarrassed in January by the Browns. 
But boy, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, we, <laughs> yep. we have no problems yep. as of today. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll see it after the Monday, but we'll, 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 we look good right here. now. Yep. And so does Arkansas. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens mm-hmm. this weekend and what's yep. coming up. But yep. uh, it's it's great to have that type of release to be able to watch something like that right. in, in ministry and in, in yep. studying the Bible all day for a living. You need something like mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. And so uh, usually we don't like to torture ourselves until it's sports. And <laughs> right, we all right. are for no, torturing ourselves. And it could be worse. We could be Alabama fans yeah. who are mad when it's forty-three to nothing, and there's a field goal kick. <laughs> That's so, right. That's right. You know, but yep. uh, I digress. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Megan, Monica, Marissa, Matthew, Marcus, Michelle, if you're listening, I'm not sorry. That's, uh, a, that's a mouthful there. That's Wanda. right. Yep. That's my in-law. So, <laughs> yep. and my wife. But uh, we're glad to be able to be here today to talk about the last lesson, last little podcast that we've got on the attack of the home and a more serious nature as we look at this. Um, anything that God has ever created. Satan has looked at and said, I want that. And either he wants it for himself so that he can be miserable and everything else can be miserable, or he wants it so that he can basically cause problems. And the home is no different. And when we really look at this idea of attacking the home in the first place, I, I spoiled it a little bit, but who, who's a, who's the one attacking the home and how, how's, how's all this started? Why is he attacking the home basically? Right. You know we have we have an enemy, and uh, it's important that we never lose sight of that. That that we've got an enemy. I'm reminded about a story that I read uh, just a uh, just a few weeks ago as I was preaching about uh, this enemy that we have. But when World War One started, the War Ministry in London sent out a coded message to the uh, to the British outpost that was located in a remote area of Africa. And the, uh, and the message said this, war declared, arrest all foreigners in your district, to which the British outpost replied, we have arrested six Belgians, we've arrested four Germans, two Italians, four Austrians, three Frenchmen, and one American. And then at the end of that message, they ask, who is our enemy? You see, it's important that we know who that enemy is, who that adversary is. And, and once we identify who they are, we need to know what they look like. We need to know what, how, they, how they operate, what their tactics are. Uh, you know, we were just talking about football a yeah. little bit. And uh, each week, uh, whether it's college, whether it's professional, whether it's on the high school level, you're constantly preparing right. for that opponent. You want to know what they look like. You want to know who their key players are. You want to know what kind of offense they're running. You want to know what kind of defense uh, that they have so that you can be as prepared as possible. That's right. Well, the first thing that you got to know is who you're playing each week, and then you can make those necessary preparations. Well, before we can make those preparations spiritually, we got to know who that enemy is. And when we open our Bibles to 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8, uh, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. He says, I want you to be in full control. You need to, uh, And then also he says, you need to be watchful. Well, why do we need to be in full control? Why do we need to, to be watchful and, and have everything there? He says, because your adversary, the devil, that's just how dangerous he is, that we need to have every faculty going as smoothly as possible. He says, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. That word devour there is another word for destroy. You think about a uh, a lion at the zoo or a lion that yeah. maybe you've watched on TV. Yeah. 
you know, those animals are very, very destructive. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not gentle in any way when they're going after their prey. And, and so we need to remember that about the devil, that this isn't a house cat, that, <laughs> that the devil is, uh, is one that, that we need to, uh, to be on guard against. Uh, we need to know how he operates. Matthew thirteen thirty nine. Jesus in his parabolic teaching, uh, when he was teaching about the wheat and the tares, he said the enemy that sowed them, that is the tares, is the devil. And so he comes right out and he identifies uh, the enemy as the devil. And so when we talk about our enemy, the greatest enemy, enemy to the family, the greatest enemy to the home is the devil. Yeah, you may not know this about me, but I actually I have coached a championship football team, uh, flag in okay. rec league, but yeah. it, it counts, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Um, and we actually played the same team eight weeks in a row. They they had kind of low registration that year, so it was a fifty fifty yeah. percent uh-huh. chance that we were going to win. Yep. But uh, I, when you play an opponent that many times, it's not hard to figure out what they like to do. And one of the one of the stories I'll tell is we kind of relaying that to that this coach was kind of a an oddball he uh he wanted to win and so he had a buddy come over and was writing down our plays as we'd call him out and i noticed that and me being the the jokester that i am i called a timeout and i called the quarterback over and i said all right rest of the game i'm uttering nonsense you call the rest of the plays for this game so i'm gonna call i'm gonna call a number out ignore me you call it in the huddle what you want to do. And so we go back, and we only had 15 plays. Yeah. And so we go back, and I go, number 10. And let the and he starts writing down what it looks like, and it's not number 10. Right. And eventually I said, number 333. And the guy looked kind of puzzled, like, what, 333? Uh-huh. I said, 4,022. And the guy's just, and he finally closed the notebook, and he's like, I'm done trying to record. He knows what yeah. I'm doing now. Yeah. But that's the idea is you, uh-huh. he's trying to gain an advantage right. in a less right. ethical way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. copying down the plays. But he wants that tactical advantage so that he knows what's coming. Mm-hmm. The blessing of God is that we've got the way to combat that because he has given us everything. When we talk about the the Bible, we have the ability to know who the enemy is. Yep. But we also know how the enemy attacks the family. And so, Robert, how, do, how does the Bible des- describe the attacks that Satan will bring toward the family? That's a great question there. You know, when you look at Ephesians chapter 6, uh, Paul tells us that we're in a battle. Mm-hmm. And this battle that we're fighting in is not one that's, that's flesh and blood. But he says in Ephesians 6 and verse number 11, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the next couple of passages that we're going to mention here, there's a couple of key words that I want us to focus in on because it just kind of lets us know how he operates. Mm-hmm. That word wiles there, if you're taking notes in your Bible, if you like to uh, to circle or highlight some words or underline some words, underline that word wile. And that's a word that means to 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 have a deliberate plan to assault. Okay, hmm. so he's looking to assault us. The devil has a plan. All right. Now let's tie in Second Corinthians chapter two, verse number eleven. He says, "Lest Satan should get an advantage." Of us, you know, you talked about that word "advantage" just yeah. a moment ago, and that—that's a Bible word. He is looking to get an advantage because he's thirsty to destroy our souls. He wants to destroy marriage. He wants to destroy that relationship between the husband and the wife. He wants to destroy that relationship between the parents and the children. If he can get a foothold in there, all it takes is just getting his foot in the door, and he can do a lot of damage. Uh, God doesn't want us to be ignorant 
of his plots. You know, there at the end of 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, he says, for we are not ignorant without knowledge of his devices, his plots. He's always plotting something against us. Just like that coach that you were yeah. talking about, he was plotting something uh, and and trying to figure out a way who, to, to be advantageous over your team. But then a third uh, passage to consider is 2 Corinthians 11, verse number 3. He says, but I fear less by any means as the, now three words words here as the serpent okay serpent put down the word trickery beside there he's going to use some tricks number two beguiled it's another word for deceived and then through his subtlety now, i found this definition recently on this word subtlety and 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 man it just made it, it made perfect sense but it means to be smooth in manipulation <laughs> Okay, the devil is smooth in manipulation. Now, yeah. when you go back and you think about the way that he worked in the garden, he was smooth with Eve. He deceived her, and all he added was one word. Yeah. And when you think about that one word, he was very smooth in the way that he went about trying to trick her. All right. But then I also think about First John chapter two, beginning at verse number fifteen, where he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now think about three things here that's mentioned here, especially in verse number sixteen. The pride of life. The devil's going to use the pride of life mm-hmm. in the family. You know, we talked about in a previous episode this idea of being in competition with yeah. each other. We we don't want to submit. We don't want to admit that there are different roles in the family. We, we Society today says everybody's on the same level right. playing field. There's equality that's there. Well, God still has roles that he has placed within that family. And when you think about when you think about that idea of being in competition with each other, it's all rooted in selfishness. It's yeah. about me. And that's what the pride of life is rooted in. It's rooted in putting the focus back on me and the attention back on me. When you think about uh, uh, one of the most popular reasons for divorce today, irreconcilable differences. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons for that is because you're still putting the focus on self instead of the focus on the other. Sometimes it may be the husband that maybe he is spending all this money on on his toys and and uh, his hobbies and things along that line, and you have you have uh, the family going hungry or you have yeah. the kids not being clothed the way that they should, or maybe you have a wife that maybe she's buying a lot of clothes, she's running up credit cards here and there, and you're you're spending all of your money to pay for those things, and your children are being neglected. Yeah. Well, that's the pride of life. That all goes back to being rooted in self. But then you also have the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And, and I kind of want to group these together here for just a moment because a, a lot of husbands and wives, and, and even those who are Christians, have this philosophy. But this philosophy actually originates in the world. This is not one that we can read about in the Bible. But uh, uh, we have this idea, one look won't hurt. Yeah. Or I can look, but I can't touch. Right. You know, Jesus actually addresses that in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, he, he addresses this in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 28. He says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You go back to the previous verse. They had this idea, as long as we don't commit the physical act of adultery, hey, we're okay. Mm-hmm. We can do anything else. Jesus says, let's peel back the layers 
and let's get to where the heart of the problem, the root of the problem is. And he says it goes back to lust. Yeah. It goes back to the things that you're seeing, and you start acting on those things, and now you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh by committing adultery. Sometimes people have the idea, well, what happens on this business trip? It's going to stay on this business trip. Or we, we've kind of dumbed down this, not dumbed down, but uh, we kind of played down the idea of fornication or adultery. Right. And we've just talked about it. Well, this is just an affair. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we kind of use these nicer words. Mm-hmm. It's still fornication. It's still adultery that's being committed. Uh, another thing that Satan uses a lot is alcohol. Oh, yeah. Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 1, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. That word mocker there means it promises great things, but in return, it gives pain, misery, and heartache. It's very, very deceptive. We think about the Super Bowl, and we think about those um, uh, all of those commercials that they air. The best ones, if we're honest with ourselves, the ones that they put the most attention into and the ones that have kind of the best ideas happen to be those beer commercials. Yeah. And they lead us to believe, well, you can only have the good life if you've got a corona in your hand. Yeah. Well, I could still do all of those things and I can have a great time without that corona and without all of the consequences that come along the next day that they don't tell you about they don't tell you about the headache that they don't tell you about how you can lose your facilities by by drinking uh this and uh and and going out and and uh driving drunk and then end up hurting yourself or or taking somebody else's life they don't tell you all about those things now when they do tell you about it it's in those small letters they don't come out there with big flashing letters hey if you take this product it could destroy a lot of things, including uh, your family. But uh, one family counselor said that there is no other factor that contributes more to family problems than alcohol. Uh, alcohol contributes more to divorce. It contributes more to juvenile delinquencies. Two-thirds of domestic disputes involve alcohol, whether it's in re- whether it's with spouses or with children. Children a lot of times are malnourished because parents want to spend money on beer, alcohol, and wine instead of food and clothing. You have birth defects, mental handicaps, disabilities that are there. How many families can we think of that have been destroyed because people have tried to minimize the effects of alcohol? And then another thing that I think is very prevalent in our society today is social media. Social media can be a great benefit, can be a great blessing. And there are a lot of people that, that, that use it in wonderful ways. I, I, I have a Facebook account. That's about it. I, I get on there to check messages, see what friends and family are up right. to. I, I don't post. Uh, it's a rare thing that, that I post. Uh, I'll post on our, uh, on our church page that we've got and, and things along that line. But you, you see a lot of things out there on social media, and, and it can be used as a weapon for the devil. And uh, the devil knows how to play his cards, yeah. and he knows how to use uh, social media in a way that can be a detriment to the family. Mm-hmm. When you think about all of these various uh, social media devices that are out there today and, and avenues and things, a lot of times people will post things, and they'll paint this picture of this perfect family. They'll paint this picture of, of everything being so rosy. And then on the other side, you, you got children that are looking through, or you have a wife that's looking through, or a husband that's looking through. Well, um, my family didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. And so then you start getting depressed, 
And then that depression sometimes can, can lead you to other thoughts. It can lead a person to alcohol. It can lead a person to suicide. Uh, and so all it takes is one of those small steps. And then before you know it, it's blazing out of control. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you think about what things are being viewed on social media, what things are being viewed on our phones that our young people have such a, and even adults have such a, uh, uh, have such a uh, readily available to their content, um, and so we need to we need to be careful and think about who's raising our children, yeah. who's uh, who's guiding the family, and so when we think about these things, whether it's social media, whether it's alcohol, um, uh, no matter what what the case may be, you know it can all fall into these ideas of the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. You mentioned the idea that we paint a picture-perfect family, and it really isn't. You reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you know the names, but Chris Watts and Shannon Watts. Um, Chris Watts uh, murdered his family. He, he killed his wife, who was pregnant with a baby boy, and his two daughters. And it was a massive ordeal because he acted like she'd gone missing. And then they discovered that, no, you, you killed your family because you had a, you know, a mistress on the side here. And... The last text messages that were ever sent between these two individuals, you would not think that anything was going to happen. She is quoted as asking, what kind of vegetables do you want for dinner tonight? And he said, broccoli works and green beans work too. And then he went home and he killed his family. And you would look on Facebook, and I remember watching a documentary on Investigative Discovery about this family and just being so shocked, you know, because everything they're showing is what you described. Everything looks great. And then to, to see what he did, to hear what he did is just horrific. But that's really what the devil does is the devil gave this man a mistress yep. that he decided was worth killing his whole family over mm-hmm. and destroying his home. Yep. And while he is 100% responsible for what he did, the devil plays a part in that as well that's in right. bringing up this temptation and giving him that avenue yep. to get to that point. He still needs to be in, in you know, held in, you know, the, uh, the most – biggest form of disgust we can possibly muster but the devil gave him the opportunity to commit this transgression and as we see in the case of david and bathsheba it always snowballs into something else and just gets his foot in the door that's right and uh, he got his foot in the door with with uh david he got his foot in the door with this man that's right and it may have been just a look it was it was a look with david that's That's the way that it started it was just a look and it could have been with this man and his mistress mistress that's right just one look and you know that old commercial just one look that's all it took and and sometimes that's all it takes for the devil and and then it just is is that snowball and we need to when i when i first bought my home back in 2016 um we were cleaning out the bonus room that was unfinished and i was using my hands i was reaching and grabbing stuff and all of a sudden i saw a snake in my attic and I was terrified. I jumped back sure. about 10 feet, uh-huh. you know. And then I, I noticed it didn't move. And I thought, well, normally a snake would. And I noticed it was caught on a mouse trap. It had died. Huh. And I don't know how long it had been there because I took a hockey stick and I, I kind of hockey pucked it out sure. from where it was. It was as hard as a rock. And so me being the horrible husband that I am, I called my wife in and said, hey, look look right there. She thought it was alive too. Yeah. But when she saw it, she had the same reaction that I had. She uh-huh. jumped back. Uh-huh. If we start to notice that it's not 
supposed to be when we see that woman or we see that temptation, it is a snake. It is yep. a serpent being cunning and, and trying to be subtle and manipulating us That's into doing something. And yep. we, we realize that we'll jump back. We won't be interested, even if it's not harmful to us in our minds. That snake possessed no threat. But I still didn't like it because I knew what it represented when it was a threat. And the devil's always a threat. You know, First Peter 5, 8, you mentioned at the beginning of this, he walks around looking for something to eat, and he will devour us if he can. But that brings us to the final question, which I think everyone wants to know. And when I watched that documentary about Chris Watts, I wanted to know, why would you kill your family? What what possesses someone to do that? And, and people who get enamored with uh, investigative discovery and, and these documentaries about people, they want to know one thing. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? That's asked in court. It's yep. asked by the families of the people who are involved. They want to know, why did this happen? And so the logical question for us to ask is, why does Satan attack the family? Why? What? What is his, you know— obsession with attacking the family there's a motivation behind everything i mean there's a motivation behind why we're having this show Mm -hmm. uh, on this theme over the last uh, the last couple of episodes and when we think about that question why does the devil attack the family I want us to close today with three things, and in fact, this is something that that Michael you shared with me uh, from a man by the name of Chuck Lawless. That um, that I think uh, are three very good points. Every single one of them all rooted uh, in Scripture. But number one, the devil wants to destroy what God has created, mm-hmm. and I think uh, that's probably the one that needs to be at the top of the list. He wants to destroy. What God has created. The home is the oldest divine institution, and he wants to do nothing but destroy. First Peter chapter five, verse number eight, number two. The devil hates children. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at Psalm 127, verse number three, the psalmist says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. That word heritage there. There's an interesting definition for for this uh, word. It's a special possession. So if our listeners out there today are taking notes, a special possession is what that word heritage means. And so children, they are a special possession of the Lord. Now, if he wants to destroy what God has created and he hates what God has created, well, naturally, he's going to hate children because right. this is a special possession of his. And then number three. And and really, before we get to number three, you remember Jesus and his thoughts toward children? And uh, throughout his earthly ministry, just a side note there, but a third thing, he wounds the church when families break up. People get hurt. when uh, Whenever a family is, uh, is destroyed, whenever there's a breakup that's there, and it causes the church to weep. You know, there are times where we rejoice with each other. There are other times where we weep with each other. Romans 12, verse number 15. There are times when we rejoice. There are times when we suffer. First Corinthians 12, verse number 26. And many times, uh, one side can abandon God completely. You have uh, a family that's destroyed. Uh, a lot of times, that, that one that's at fault We'll leave the Lord. We'll leave the church. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, if it's uh, maybe if it's something like irreconcilable differences, yeah. you may have one or both parties that leave the church, and so you've got you've got people who have abandoned the Lord and their relationship with Him. 
Well, one other thing that I, I want to mention here as we close, and uh, that is uh, when I lived in McMinnville, I taught school at Boyd Christian School for about uh, about three or four years there before we moved to South Haven. And uh, there was a lady that, that I taught with, and and uh, she would ask me various things. She knew that I was a preacher, and there were times that I would get her perspective on things. And she was a lady that had been divorced. And uh, she asked me, she said, uh, she said, Robert, she said, you know, sometimes going to worship can be very discouraging. Mm-hmm. And I said, why is that? She said, because when I look around, all I see are families. And my family's not there. Yeah. You think the devil's not trying to use that and trying to discourage her? And I told her, I said, don't you give up. You continue pressing toward the mark. You continue being there with your spiritual family, even though your physical family's not there. And uh, the Lord's going to reward you in the end. But you've got to remain faithful to him. And so there may be some who are listening today that, uh, that may be on the verge of throwing in the towel. Don't do it. Don't give up. The devil, he's going to continue attacking you, but you can resist him, James 4, verse number 7. But don't give up. He's never going to stop. I mean, he is, he's insatiable. He, he wants nothing more than to destroy. And, and something to, to think about, you know, is everything he's attacked has always started out pure. And then he seeks to wreck that purity that God has created and, and given. And so, Robert, I really do appreciate you being on here these last three weeks with us and, and studying. It's been a wonderful blessing. I think you guys have seen uh, why Robert means so much to me in my life and means so much to so many people. His, his love for God, his knowledge of the Bible, and his intense study has always been impressive to me. And I'm thankful that he was able to sit down with us today. He says he doesn't podcast a lot, but I think that could change, and I think y'all would agree with that. So we'll have him back on the podcast here in the near future. And uh, we're grateful that we've had this time to sit down and study about the participants of the home. Next week, we're going to look at problems in the home, uh, kind of diving in a little deeper. And Brother Jameson Stewart is going to be there. Jameson and I went to preaching school together. He started when I was finishing up my last six months. We also worked at the Gospel Broadcasting Network together for two years. And we also grew up going to Sardis Lake Christian Camp together. We've got a very deep, close friendship. Very much appreciate Jameson, the work that he's doing over at the West Hobbs Street Church of Christ in Alabama. And I'm grateful that he'll be on to talk about some problems in the home and then we will uh, close out the season with my dad brother bj clark and so we're glad that we have the opportunity to take this vacation as you're gearing up for your vacations and we're thankful to have the opportunity to study god's word who gives us everything that we need to know but until next week let's please god now so our eternity is far better What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use. And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.